I'm Elena Salinas, software engineer and host of The Women in Tech Show, a podcast about what we work on, not what it feels like to be a woman in tech. For more information about the show, go to wit.fm. There are many paths to a career in technology. Shobana Krishnamurthy, senior developer lead at Microsoft, talked about her time growing up and learning to code with limited access to computers. We also talked about her work and trajectory as a software developer lead. At the end, we covered topics around the Grace Hopper celebration and open source mentorship. Shobana, welcome to the Women in Tech show. Thank you, Irina. Thanks for having me today. I'm really humbled and grateful for this show. I've seen this show from past one year. I've seen how this actually influenced my life and all my friends. I heard a lot of podcasts in your show and I'm really grateful to be here. That's good to hear. I'm excited to have you on, especially because we're going to be talking about a range of topics like software development lead, your work with the Grace Hopper Celebration, and also working on Microsoft where both of us work. Just want to highlight this is not a marketing or advertising episode. We're just going to express our own opinions and experiences. First, I want to begin with your role and your experience as a software development lead. Can you talk about some of the skills that you use as a lead? Sure. So first of all, I wanted to let you know that like coming into a software was, I came by accident. So I was never planned for this destiny or uh, technical. So when I was at the age of seven, I was in India and uh, suddenly I lost my father in an accident and my mom was the sole breadwinner and she had to learn how to work and then she had to feed both of my, me and my sibling. So uh, that's how I came to know that, okay, there is this computer tech that's coming in. This is 20 years back and I wanted to achieve because of my family and my background condition and we need a financial support. I started learning about uh, computers and uh, and in during that time, I, it was a rural town in India and we didn't have access to any computers. And the only thing that I would do is like memorize all the algorithms, the linked list, everything in the, from the book. And that's how I go and exactly memorize and write it in the exams. So that was our initial computer days. And then I moved here 10 years back and that's how I studied. I did my bachelor's in computer science engineering and then I got in Microsoft and that was my first sole job ever in tech and all the learnings that I did. I've never seen computer before Microsoft. That was my thing. So everything, the learning was on the fly. So that's how I was put into the Microsoft and the techie industry. Initially, it was very, very intimidating because I've never seen computers or the techie people from our own place or suddenly I've, I've moved into a larger uh, society, larger group, uh, large, bigger country and where I'm, I'm just uh, put all alone to learn new things. And however, I did not lose hope. And I've been trying, one thing that I've uh, followed from my childhood is the learning, like you should never leave learning. And that's how I keep a lot of hard work, trying to learn about the tech. And that's how I've got placed. And after five, six years, I'm now as a developer lead 
in SharePoint and OneDrive. You're talking about how you didn't have access to computers and then you came across information about algorithms and things like that. But before that, how did you start considering this field? Did you hear about it from someone? How did you decide to... Mm -hmm. So all of my cousins were somewhere either in United States or somewhere in India where they already took the computer science. That was like trending 20 years ago. And they were learning. And that's how I came to know through my cousins and the family members. Okay, computers are the next generation and you really need to learn that thing. And I was like, either financially, I did not have any support to even go to a computer science engineering, unless if I had not scored, I wouldn't have been like, even got into the engineering so my initial thing was like okay i have to study well i need to get the marks score marks so all of my cousins got into this computer science and that's the trending thing that's coming in i want to learn about it because i need to support my family that was my only goal 20 years back and then you said you studied computer science right as an undergraduate engineering yeah somehow i got good uh, scores and then i got my engineering through through a scholarship and that's how I took the computer science. Even for the college, we did not, we had like one or two computers for the entire lab. And we were, I'm like maybe one or two girls in the whole group of maybe 30 group computer science group. And we were only two, three girls in computer science group. So that's really, it was a different experience because until school, you you have everybody equally, like you have 50% boys, girls and everywhere. But once you go to the university and once you uh, really take a different track like this and suddenly you see, oh, suddenly, okay, nobody is opting for computer science. That was my first thing. Did I take it right? Did I do the right thing? So there were a lot of confusions and finally like, yeah, I did the computer science engineering where we had like two computers for the 30 people and you hardly get chance to even touch the computer or do any practical labs. It was all theory. So you're talking about how you're immersed in this field during school, you're studying computer science and engineering, but you still have limited access to computers. Did you find it difficult when applying for jobs? Or how did you compensate from the limited usage? So it was all my knowledge was only theory, right? I could memorize everything. That was my uh, skill thing that where I could memorize everything and including all the programming, algorithms, everything I would memorize, whatever you ask me, right? Like even my first interview, instantly people would ask me some program to do and I would instantly do it because I memorized it before. So I would spend more time just memorizing, reading the theory, 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 because I did not have access to the practical part of it. Let's talk now about your experience at Microsoft. Mm -hmm. Were you currently working in the SharePoint team? Can you explain what this team is about? So I currently, like initially I started in the SharePoint and I, last seven years I've been with SharePoint team. SharePoint OneDrive merged recently and SharePoint is just a Microsoft uh, collaborative server environment. It's it's for the enterprise where you, uh, it, it provides a set of tools for sharing documents and storing data. And you can imagine that it's similar to the Google Drive. And it also let you to have like the companies and organization to have their own intra sites. and uh, encourage the collaboration between the team members and sharing docs and all that. And I started as an intern. So 
I started as an intern in the SharePoint and slowly I learned. I had a lot of mentors throughout my career and then from different levels, from level one, the software engineer too. And then I became a senior software engineer. That's when I wanted to explore the project lead. And currently I'm leading the SharePoint infrastructure where uh, we move all the SharePoint core, VMs, virtual machines, all that to the Azure. That's the project I'm currently leading. You mentioned during your trajectory, as you keep growing in the software roles, you had a lot of mentors throughout this time. Can you talk about their role in this or some useful advice that helped you continue with the career growth? I think the first thing that I wanted to mention is the, the having a right set of mentors and the sponsors for you. Like that's That was my best thing that I had, my first ever manager who uh, supported throughout my career as a coach, as a mentor, as a friend. And he made me very comfortable because initially uh, with someone who didn't have a, even though I did an engineering, but I still had only a, a theory, theoretical knowledge, but not practical. So he actually helped me to spend time. He gave me the space to, to learn and grow. So the one thing that I was, I would say is like, I was never afraid to learn something new. I think that, that was the core thing that I was constantly uh, sticking to it. Uh, that was my core value. And the path was not there before. I was, I always believed that it was made by walking. So I had to take e uh, every single baby step to, to reach my goal and uh, what I wanted to achieve. One of the biggest thing I think what I see as a project lead now is like all these days I've been an individual contributor. I've been focusing on myself, my career and my growth. However, now it is a 360 shift where it's, it's completely, you have to empower others. You have to understand others. You have to collaborate with others and that's how you can actually grow. And it's more, it comes the, with the growth. I feel like the, it comes the contribution. What was the reason why, you transitioned to a developer lead? Was it something that was identified by one of your colleagues or did you actively pursue this change? So I think somehow I feel like every time uh, at some point of the career, I would know like, okay, I've reached this threshold or this point uh, where uh, my creativity has be becoming limited or maybe the interest is getting a uh, slowdown or I would uh, sense that thing at every point of my career and that's when I see like okay what is the next thing I wanted to do what is my next challenge what makes me happy and what I wanted to do and that that was my uh, thing where I uh, reached a point at senior developer saying okay I've reached to a point where I wanted to see how I can help or influence others to grow and that's when I thought uh, maybe project lead I still wanted to be technical and wanted to be uh, part of the development and that's when I thought maybe it's a balance between both and I wanted to pursue and then I expressed my interest to my colleague and especially with my manager and there were a lot of conversation crucial conversation that happened one thing I believe is like when you're in a current role you need to at least exhibit two roles higher or at least you should show them that okay you are capable of doing this you have already taken that role that's what I did like it was my individual contributor role but I still thought that okay I need to exhibit my interest my passion as a project lead and I would start doing it so I wasn't waiting for somebody to give that role for me to actually show it so I just took it as part of my role and then it just happened that it came along. 
Do you have an example of how you did this or how somebody can go about doing this? Uh, let's say there's somebody in a product team and they want to start exhibiting those skills, perhaps trying to lead an initiative or showing that they can do more than their current role. Correct. So I think our daily deliverables, those are there, which we are supposed to do it, right? Like as a senior individual contributor role, when I was as a senior developer, I would have to at least manage that. But at the same time, as you said, like taking initiatives, it was one of the biggest thing that I, I kept doing slowly when the manager was not in town or was on vacation, I started running the scrums. I started uh, doing uh, like giving like especially for the I started mentoring too especially we have this career jam thing that's coming in Microsoft I started doing that earlier where we have network between different teams and I talked to different women and men in uh, different teams and slowly I started putting those uh, insights to the team and we started having these one-on-one -on -one type conversations and trying to see like where uh, they they wanted help and slowly helping them to grow and slowly these are the things that you would show that okay as a project lead are you ready to take risks are you taking responsibilities even if you have a really bad on call or a live site are you taking the responsibility even if you fail to deliver something and are you helping others to grow truly not just for the sake of it right so these are the different things i was slowly showing in my team and and it just became it happened once you made the official change to a developer lead was there anything that surprised you in terms of things that you didn't know that you had to do now as part of the job yeah everything was a surprise so what i had a uh, uh, notion about the project lead was completely different from how I'm now. So initially, even from my uh, early career, right, like we all try to be like, we see the other colleagues and men especially, and we try to mimic them. And that's how I started, right? Like I started mimicking them, like, okay, how they respond to things, how they do it and started completely like it was not my own nature like I've seen like over five years I've changed completely like how I'm uh, treating others how am I behaving especially on these different circumstances then I realized like women by brain or by like even physically we are different than men and the core thing is like how we can make our choice of leadership that that's what is more important like I've seen like many people saying about fake it, you can make it and all that thing that never worked for me. The one thing that always worked for me is like how true I am, how authentic I am. And that's when the things actually start changing. And especially like I try to be a lot of control, more commanding, more authoritative, uh, raising my voice and all that. that. Those did not help. And I did not feel comfortable that way. And I, once I started nourishing like, okay, this is my true nature. I'm calm. I'm caring. I have empathy. I have capacity. And how can I bring that to the team? And that's the side I was focusing on. And that was a different choice that I made. And especially that had helped me for the leadership. Like I'm not trying to be like others and trying to change myself. And that taught me like how to be assertive, decisive, and also be resilient. Exactly. What you're describing is there's already a lot of information and advice floating around of how to succeed. And one of the ones you mentioned was the fake it till you make it notion, which you said you were not really a fan of this approach, right? 
it didn't work at me like i terribly failed i did it and after conferences as conferences attended like everybody would say build, build your personal brand build your this one maybe i don't know if i took it in the wrong sense or it just didn't work and the moment i became true to myself like authentic okay this is my nature and this is how i'm going to be and i'm going to bring that to the table and that's when things started really happening Exactly. So you're embracing your strengths and you're establishing your own leadership style, right? Yes. I want to switch gears now and talk about your roles at the Grace Hopper celebration. One of the things I saw is that you have worked as an open source mentor. Can you explain what this consisted of? So I would like want to explain a little bit about the Grace Hopper celebration and my a journey with them so few years back maybe 3 4 years back I attended the grace hopper celebration the conference and that was my biggest conference ever especially with the techy women and you have lot of access to lot of networks and talks and so many things right including the open source mentor hackathon so many things and that was like uh, life changing for me because uh, the moment i went there i started understanding okay there are lot of women like me or in the same shoes we normally don't talk about it that's why i like about the podcast that you guys have because you let people to talk what they want and what they are truly right like now once you start learning about it oh she has the same fear as me she has the same struggle as me she is trying to manage both work and life and i was so stressful at the point when the first grace hopper came in because getting into the techy is first thing but managing it to a long term without you being not stressful and not losing your health or any other thing in your life is is another big thing that i've learned through the grace hopper and slowly i got engaged i got lot of community and support from lot of other women and mentors through the grace hopper and i started engaging there and that's when i started becoming i applied twice as a speaker i got rejected and then i like okay i will still apply and one time i got it and i started speaking from that on and then there were other opportunities with anita borg like especially being a reviewer committee member and currently this year i'm a co-chair for a software engineering track where we review papers we decide on the speakers and how we want the format to be i felt like this is one of the biggest responsibility i took out outside work and i felt very happy and this was my stress buster because the moment you start helping others who are in the same shoes as you you'll start immediately feeling like okay the happiness the the true purpose and the intention and that's how i started my journey and how i could contribute technically was through my hackathon and the open source project and there were a lot of non-profits that came in for the hackathon and they needed help to design their website and all that so my first open source project was the child objective where they would actually find the lost child and i felt very happy doing that hackathon for grace hopper and that's how the open source mentor journey came in what did you say the project was it was the child abuse so you would actually people the child who are abused and who having issues they can actually contact through the website and they can get support for it another question i had is the fact that this mentorship role is focused under open source what does this mean is there only advice related to open source that you're giving or what are the topics that you mentor in okay so the open source mentor is kind of an hackathon 
where uh, you have a lot of like early career people or uh, the college hires and so many people who attend the grace hopper so grace hopper occurs the celebration occurs like five days and throughout the five days you have full uh, open source where people come and hack with you we have a we use git and all the open source tools to build some something like uh, either for the non-profit or for people who need help and there are a lot of projects coming in so it's basically you be the project lead for these hackathons that was the open source mentor role was earlier you mentioned that you started pursuing opportunities to mentor others before becoming a software development lead throughout your experiences in mentorship have you noticed recurring topics or questions that surface so i think one thing that i always believed in my career was like we always trying to compare with men or even judge men or even fight for our uh, space with men what i felt is like there i have gone like good managers men and women right as same uh, with bad managers both women and men i feel like as a women we need to have control over our power and identify who truly we are and help each other because that mentorship is the true uh, thing that we can do each other to uh, to especially our women community i feel like sometimes we get insecure maybe we don't share as much as we want to and I also see like there is a restricted mentors, especially when I see with peer women. So I feel like that's the thing that I wanted to break. I wanted to break that chain or the beliefs like, okay, help women, even though we are in a minority group, even though we have a low opportunities, I think that's where the insecurity comes in. Uh, we want to satisfy our needs first before we help the next other women. But I felt like, no, it should be the other way. The moment I can empower others, the moment I can raise others, uh, the moment I can hear from others, and if they are in the same boat as me, I actually get, got more help through the mentorship than I me being helpful to them. So that's how I see the mentor uh, mentoring thing is. What are some of the things that you're working toward next? You're already a software development lead. Is there anything on your mind right now in terms of your growth and your career? So one thing I feel is like the for my next thing I always wanted to be technical so I chose the technical path at the same time I also wanted to help others grow and that's where I felt the balance of the project lead and the thing that I wanted to grow next is like whatever brought me here will not get me there I truly believe in that so currently I'm taking few other roles other than the project lead especially in the DNI space and i've been helping last two years i've been the vpal uh, for my org and i've been running all this uh, give campaign and the philanthropy um, aspects of it helping especially these different nonprofits to grow and how do we truly empower others and with all the empathy that we have as really help me to grow and that's where i'm seeing the opportunities for my next step where i'm seeing how can i grow in the leadership space especially uh, helping others to grow are there any resources that you would like to recommend to our listeners in terms of books or blogs or other podcasts 
So I would definitely recommend your podcast. Like I've benefited like all the mentors, the five minute thing that you have. And this is really great. I would really want everybody to listen to these. And there are other a couple of books, especially for women leadership. Uh, one thing that I recently read was the Leading Gracefully. And that was by uh, Monique Sevzian. And that was a really true eye opener for me where it was a women guide how to be confident, authentic, and be effective at the leadership. So I would recommend, definitely recommend reading that book. And there is also another book called The Atomic Habits and where you can slowly change your small habits that have been there for years and you can really explore that and see like what you want to be and really have your the habits that you wanted to get for. Well, Shavana, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you so much, Irina. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.